0: I'm Amanda, and I'm Vivia, and this is How Did We Get Here? If you're wondering what this is all about, every episode, our beloved sound engineer, Lewis, gives us a topic, and Divya and I each create a story that starts as far away from said topic as possible, by the end, we have to get back to the topic. This week's topic is... Vampires. Webster's Dictionary defines vampires as the reanimated body of a dead person believed to come from the grave at night to suck blood of person asleep. In an alternative definition, one who lives by preying on others, and a woman who exploits and ruins her lover. (laughs) I very intentionally put that part in. Uh, I identify as a vampire. (laughs) You exploit your lover? If I had a lover, yeah, I that's, would. That's so sexy. Thank you. So Divya, mm. should we get started? No. What? We're Wh- going to talk about this TV show. Oh, oh fuck. Um, I'm not getting started. We're getting started. Wait. How do you know me? Oh. This apparently. apparently- <laughs> hold on, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you tell the story. Okay. <laughs> After airing our first podcast episode, me and Amanda were like, there's probably room to improve. There was room to improve. We showed our dearest friend, Kieran, um, the podcast. She listened. She came to coffee with us wearing blue light glasses because it gave her <laughs> the air of a critic. Mm-hmm. And she gave us some very great feedback. One is which she didn't understand the podcast topic. Oh, oh, well. So, she also had a notebook with her. Oh, yeah. Proceeds to open the notebook and show us that it was like a training manual, and then takes out her phone and says, I have them in my one note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so some of the feedback, she was like, have a better intro. Tell me what this podcast is all about. Which, to be fair, we didn't do. So she was very confused until we finished the first story. Yes. And then one of the other ones was she was like, I know you two, but how would anyone else know how you know each other? So we're here to elaborate on who we are and our relationship. Kind of sounds like... We're dating. No. Like, this is a crime scene investigation, and it's a detective, and they're like, so please state your relationship to the victim. In this case, I think I'm the victim. What? Yeah. Ugh. I think you're the right. person who witnessed my murder. Oh. That's our relationship, everyone. I'm not the murderer? No. Oh. The murderer is definitely Zoro, Our cat. <laughs> My cat, unfortunately. I can't. I live with him all the time. I watch him do his little sad paws. Am I not allowed to? <laughs> You're going to you watch him lick his ass all the time. That's true. I do watch that, too. He meows. I have to listen to his meows at night. Oh, my God. He tries to get out and does a sad paws on the glass door. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know how to describe it without showing you. It's just so sad. <laughs> He's actually Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. The definition of sad boy energy. Ah, My tail's not real. Um, So anyway, we work together. No, we don't. What? We work at the same company. We We do not work together. We're in the same stupid program. It's a rotational program. We work near each other. We do not. I work in a completely different building. Shut up. And business unit. What? It's like a 10-minute walk. We are both engineers. We hold the same functional role. we are fucking nerds and that means we're basically the same person um so anyway that's it are all nerds the same we're <laughs> already all- I-, I don't know how to deal with that that's too much for me already it's controversial she came after psychologists today no i d- didn't mean to I just would like all psychologists who are listening to this podcast to know that hey, Amanda thinks your science isn't sciencey enough. She you want to see some dead bodies? Science. Hmm? What? What'd you say? You want to see some dead bodies? Yeah, are you going first? No. Do you want to show your dead bodies? No. It's really gross. Okay. <laughs> then I think I will make normal sane decisions to pass. Um... Since this is our second episode and in our first episode, I didn't actually talk about, like, how we got to this idea. Do we want to talk about that? Or do we want to save that and let it be a mystery for the future? Like, how we got to the idea of how did we get here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't we say, if you listen through all of Divya's story, we'll, we'll create a little in hiatus in between and tell you how we got to this. Alright, alright. So before I start my story... We'll tell you about. Yeah, I like having a fun little interlude. I'm gonna preface my story by the fact that I now have a podcasting bucket hat. It is pink, because love is love. Mm Mhm. Because love is love. But also, (laughs) I love vampires. So with that, we'll get started. I'm going to paint a picture of vampires today, and I will not. I will start with vampires, but I'm going to end on sesame street (laughs) how we will get there that is the journey i'm taking you on today my vision of vampires they're lovers they're not fighters i think us painting vampires as villains is a purely post 1800s thing so i'm gonna take us all the way back to the 17th century just recently and i don't know how recently but post-2008 in a 17th century Polish cemetery Named Bdubada You thought I was joking earlier today When I told you I had a name like that What's it's the name? I can guarantee you that's not how it's pronounced But I can also guarantee you I don't know how to pronounce it I will spell it for the viewers B-Y-D-G-O-Z-C-Z Bdubada Oh, my God. Okay. Um, um, In this cemetery, archaeologists found a female skeleton who was buried with a sickle placed across her neck and a padlock on the big toe of her left foot. (laughs) Very specific. Yes. What could this possibly mean? Well, in the 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 same cemetery, they've also found bodies that have bricks forced into the mouth and holes drilled through legs. What's wrong with this cemetery, you ask? Um, In the 17th century, we're hitting 1600s in Slavic territory. People were terrified of vampires. And they wanted to do anything they could to possibly prevent vampires from rising up from graves. So having a sickle placed across the neck, this skeleton was trying to... To, like, get up and become a vampire. The sickle would decapitate it. Oh, that's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. The brick being forced into the mouth is supposed to prevent the head from coming up. Uh, They've done a lot of really terrible things, including, like, basically trying to demolish the entire body. Turning the head so that the jaw is facing the ground. So if they tried to, like, rise from the dead, it would just eat dirt. A ton of things. Basically, they just didn't want these vampires to come back. Now, hold on. Mm. See, okay, I did a little bit of kind of similar research stuff. Now, in all of my stories, Mm. they didn't do this stuff until after there was, like, weird shit going on. So, are they doing... So, in this situation, are they doing this to the people, like, right when they died to make sure that they don't come back? Or is this, like, they exhumed all of these bodies... And set this up after they were already dead for a while. No, I think that this is, at least from what I got from this article, mm-hmm. which was released in Ars Technica. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing this during the burial process of the corpse, so they're not exhuming corpses to do this. Whoa. Um, in this particular corpse that we're talking about, where the sickle is placed across the neck and there's a padlock on the toe... Mm-hmm um it very much symbolizes like the closing of a stage like the death stage and the impossibility of returning right okay yeah that's this great. woman is also lower class but she's buried really well she's got like a really nice cloth that's buried with her and everything mm-hmm. and so it was like kind of confusing to archaeologists like why she was given such a great burial mm-hmm. but they noticed on the corpse that she has noticeable protruding front teeth so basically buck teeth what yeah that would have made her appearance seem really different uh-huh. And in that day, it would be different enough for her to be deemed like a witch or a vampire by locals. So when she died, they really wanted to make sure this bitch did not come back. Aww. Yeah. She didn't have dental care. As someone who had braces as a kid, this terrifies me. Modern technology wasn't here. I, too, sickle across my neck. padlock luck on the big toe. Mmm. I think I would have been fine. I never had braces. Alright. I don't know what to do with that. It is a privilege. What's it like to have perfect teeth? Um, it's pretty nice. Actually, in yeah. that one, yeah, it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Although I do have teeth sensitivity. That's not fun. I also have teeth sensitivity. Never mind. We're fucked. I don't think if there's anyone I know that doesn't have teeth sensitivity. Like, who's just, like, biting whole into an ice cream bar? Modern society. What can we say? Everybody's so weak. Correct. I don't think any of us were meant to be alive. No. We all would have been vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have now entered the world of cent- 17th century Slavic territory. This is how their ba- their dead, were buried. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to tell a couple tales. And I got these Slavic folktales from a website called Meet the Slavs. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> Did you like... Check this website's credentials <laughs> They said meet the Slavs, And I was like I'd love to I didn't <laughs> do anything beyond that Perfect Yeah The first story is called Death at the Wedding <laughs> um, Alright There's a soldier okay mm-hmm. The soldier is returning from war And he comes home to discover That there's a vampire at his house So, so it's like Nosferatu hanging out Yes Okay. Just chilling got it um obviously you know when i see a vampire at home what i do is i take it to a wedding and that's what this soldier did too i mean when you see a vampire at home you go wow pale friend you need some sun um is that what you do it's me i immediately start thinking about seduction techniques oh 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 am i the only one romantically attracted to vampires possibly tina belcher is attracted to zombies tina belcher and i are the same person basically This is Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Not our friend, Tina Belcher. Unfortunately, we're not that cool. (laughs) So this soldier takes the vampire to this wedding. And uh, vampires do what vampires do. he attack the newlyweds and suck their blood out. Cute. And this soldier clearly just came back from war. Probably was tired of killing. So instead what he did is he sat down and had a long conversation with the vampire. He's like hey dude this isn't right it's not cool if we could like resuscitate these newlyweds that would be great and so vampire kind of shares some knowledge with him and he kind of the soldier puts two and two together and figures out how to stop it he like collects all the vampire's blood and pours it into the wounds of the couple and then he digs out the vampire's body with the rest of the villagers and burns it and that solves all problems and the wedding continues as planned wait so the vampire is dead at the end yes oh okay I'm like also a little bit confused about the story because the vampire's body is buried but then the vampire's there so I think in this story the vampire is more like a spirit I mean I think okay so I think that in some of the stories that I was reading when I was like trying to pick mine out it Mm -hmm. was like they needed an explanation for why the ground wasn't disturbed so it was not the actual physical body of the person it's Mm -hmm. like uh what is it What's the right word? Almost like a projection. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe. Yeah. It's all crap. They made it up. Anyway. The point I wanted to make with this story is that vampires are subject to reason. They're a great wedding guest. (laughs) And. Yeah. I think. That's what you got from that story? Yep. Great wedding guest. They add a little drama. They do. Yeah. Um, The Slavs have this whole thing going throughout their stories where it's like about communal responsibility and like in this you can see it like the soldier kind of befriends the vampire and eliminates a threat in kind of a like polite way you'll see that in like the next one that kind of same communal responsibility happens in this story called the dog and the corpse no no i don't know if i want to hear this story it's okay it's not nothing bad happens to the dog um. i'm not worried about what the dog's gonna do to the corpse what dogs do dogs be dogs okay all right a boy and a dog are taking a walk in the woods mm. at a suspicious time a suspicious hour an unfriendly hour i don't know 3 they did not tell me the hour what? They describe it as, as suspicious as, i think the word Sus- they used was just like an, an unseemly hour so you're telling me that the Slavic people walk around just being like, yo, that time, sus. Sus yeah. as hell. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> what? You know the sus time? 3 p.m. 3 p.m.? I feel that very strong but my bones. it is a great nap time. It is, but I'm mostly at work, because so every time 3 p.m. passes, I'm like, it's two hours to go until I can leave. By the time it passes, though, it's only one hour. What? Yeah, because at the end of 3 p.m., it's 4 p.m and then it's only one hour and then you turn to the co-op that sits behind you and you go why the hell are you still here go home you got here at 7 p.m and then 7 a.m fuck and then you end up just yeah but then you go for le- leaving at four if you wanted to leave at four so three is just like it feels bad it's an unseemly hour all right it's a suss hour and stand by set so this boy and the dog taking a walk in the woods at 3 p.m you <laughs> don't know what They said an unseemly hour, okay? If they wanted me to know, they would have said. They said a sus hour. Okay. That's what they did. The Meet the Slavs website said S-U-S, sus. They're passing by the graveyard and they're seeing a corpse standing in front of them. Cute. The the boy is like, that's a corpse. I am not going to touch that. All right. Yeah. Uh, even though it is clearly like reanimated, I don't fuck with that. <laughs> so he passes it by and he kind of refuses to interact with it. But the corpse sees them, and this is the word that the website used starts fluttering after them. <laughs> <laughs> Do I understand what that means? <laughs> I think it's very similar to Tina Belcher' sexy zombie dreams. The vampire is also a fairy. That would sell so hard. What? How'd we get to fairies? Because it's fluttering. No, but like in the... When the the zombie is just kind of like awkwardly gallopy towards her. That's not They're gonna make out. It's really weird. Anyway, Bob's Burgers is a great show and everyone should watch it. We are not sponsored by ABC Family. That is the... I think that's where it premieres, right? I don't... No. Definitely not. ABC Family? Girl... Are you from 2005? Correct. That no longer exists. ABC Family is now called Freeform. I'm also not sponsored by Freeform. <laughs> also, Buzzburgers Burgers is not from Freeform. That is ABC Family. I think it's, I think it's like... MBC? Isn't it FX? What is that? Fox. It's on Fox. Oh, it's Fox. Okay. Yeah. Lewis just did some sign languages so we would stop talking about this. I didn't understand it. Anyway. Anyways, so the corpse sees them, starts fluttering after them. The dog attacks the corpse. Mm, Okay? Cute. Because he's like, fuck, it's chasing after us. And while the dog is attacking, this boy just starts running home. (laughs) The dog fights the corpse until it's dead on the ground. And then chases after the boy, like, supposedly to catch up. But when the dog catches up, it bites the boy. Oh no. Because the boy runs home and he's like, mom dad the dog bit me and they're like oh that's super strange our we love our dog it would never do that what's wrong with the dog and he's like they're like tell me what happened so the boy sits down and tells them like about the corpse and everything that happened and they go oh that's on you you did terrible the dog is disgusted by your behavior and has every right to be because it is his communal responsibility to protect everyone by taking down this corpse and because he ran from the corpse instead of fighting it Mm -hmm. and like laying it to rest Uh it's terrible. They're mad at him and he deserved to be bit by this dog. So the dog is calling him out on his shit because he was scared. Yep. Cool. Yes. Got it. Love it. Such a white person story by the way. Are the Slavs not white people? They are. Mm -hmm. I'm just like Uh, Every every story involving children in, like, any white culture lore is just like, you fucked up. Now you're dead. (laughs) I mean, is that not the story of most fables? I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that, these these are the two stories I wanted to tell you. I think some of the similarities I want to pull out and kind of reference here. Um, One is that, like, the community is responsible for laying these corpses to rest and when they arise they can be kind of I was going to say reasoned with but that's really only in the first story but they are just like they seem relatively nice, they flutter they attend (laughs) weddings (laughs) and it's really about that cycle of like when these come back it is our job to put them down and they're not necessarily like haunty creature type things they're just like a natural part of what's going on. And you can kind of see that in their burials as well. They clearly think that this is like something that just happens naturally. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to make sure it doesn't. And there's just some precautions they take. Um, This next part of the story, I'm going to kind of like delve into how vampires arose in that countryside. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of what I pulled is from a very specific blog post by a user called (laughs) Toothpickings. And it is titled, What Do Plants and Vampires Have in Common? Um, It's very punny of them. It is. I actually don't think this person writes about vampires full time, so I think they just... What is toothpickings, then? I don't know. They had a picture of someone, like, using a toothpick on their tooth. Huh. Teeth. Yeah. So, before fiction writers took over the vampire concept in the 1800s, Eastern European countryside, as we saw, has a ton of vampire folklore. Mm -hmm. um before i kind of got into this like whole devil versus god crazy thing of like unnatural rebirth it really like wasn't like that in eastern europe instead like eastern europe is known for like being pagans at the time they worship gods that specialize in rebirth renewal and reawakening for what is dead Mm -hmm. um and a big part of like because they're mostly farmers to protect themselves their livestock and their crops they used to do these rituals called killing of death and there's like a lot of variations on this ritual but essentially they create like a figure that looks like death almost like a scarecrow Mm -hmm. and they burn it down and they kill it oh my god they did burning man is that what burning man is i'm pretty sure they actually burn something at burning man do they not anybody anybody I think they just burn the sense of what's normal no yeah no um yeah so they have this ritual sometimes it's also followed up by ceremonies of like bringing in the spring or actually resurrecting the death that they just burned down which is really interesting it is very very close to vampires um but they're not calling them that yet. They have very different names for them in the Slavic countryside. I think one of them is Uyghur. Yeah. Again, I feel less confident about this than the cemetery one, but it is that. Um, it, for them, death is like the personification of like vegetation and the yearly cycle of growth and decay. So there's like this very strong connection being made between vampires and their like crop gods wait and, hold on mm. burning man they do actually burn a man uh, not a real man a uh, sculpture dude oh for what vibes I, yeah every year it like changes and depending on like whatever the normal what trends are going on in art it changes which is like they burn different sculptures oh. every year there's a man and on the last day of the festival they burn the sculpture of the man this is just really not my rodeo. I okay, callback to, to the be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I even thought this was a thing was because of the Disenchantment episode where she asked to go to <laughs> Burning Zog. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um Disenchantment also a fantastic show, mm-hmm. strongly recommend. Continue. Okay. So this link between Death and their um, farmer gods is mm-hmm. what I really wanted to bring up. I want to take us back to that first thing I told you guys about, which is that that lady is buried with a scythe across her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, scythes are like very... Am I saying that right? I'm going to be very... Sith. Sith? Sith? Scythe? Is it a scythe? Scythe? Is it a scythe. Okay, what am I thinking? Sith is from Star Wars. Yeah. My bad. What's the... There's... No, it's a side. Anyway. Okay, side. Okay. Um, they're not common weapons of farmers. Like, farmers, even then, always prefer to sword. Mm-hmm. They'll like, use a side in, like, oh no, there's nothing else around me type situations. But sides are always agricultural weapons. Yeah, they're used for, like, tearing down wheat. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that, like, them using sides in the burial process mm-hmm. is, like, pretty interesting. Not only do we have that, like, particular grave where they place it across her neck Mm -hmm. but oftentimes they would place like sides across um or like next to the graves as Mm -hmm. like offerings saying like hey please don't come back so also in like western europe earlier or no probably around the same time Mm-hmm. They used sickles mm-hmm. for cutting wheat. Yep, and sickles were also associated with like symbols of death. Correct. Is that? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you're 100 okay. right. You're on the right path. Cool. There is a very very strong link between farming and death. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there is an equally strong correlation between how pagans of Eastern Europe viewed death. As mm-hmm. a god. And how they viewed vampires. Is what I... This thesis I'm putting forth. <laughs> and Creepy. Yes. Very creepy. And now we are going to get to Sesame Street. How there is a... Vampires are known to be afflicted with arithmomania. Oh my god. Yes. Because um, in the pagan folklore a thing they would do would be to place, like, scattering of seeds and that type of thing across graves, across their threshold of their doors, because vampires would have to stop to count the number of seeds. Oh, my freaking God. But, but, the, the, what this intelligent blog poster, Toothpickings, has said, because there's such a strong correlation between the farming gods, death, and vampires... He hypothesizes that, or she actually, I have no idea, um, or they hypothesize that they're not actually stopping to count the seeds because they have OCD. They're inspecting the seeds because they are farm gods. Huh. Who is another vampire that we know is inflicted with the Rhythmomania?
1: I mean, yeah, but he's more OCD. He is.
0: He's definitely OCD. He is. Sorry. I will give us some um, background on Count Von Count. Count, von Count okay, <laughs> Sesame Street premieres 1969. Count Von Count joins the cast in 1972. He's obviously really based on Bela Lugosi's performance of Dracula. He's got the heavy, thick accent, the cape, everything. Oh my God, that Widow's Peak. Yep. For days. Mm-hmm. I hate Widow's Peaks. Is it? I, all I know about Widow's Peaks is that, like, how to do the Punnett square for them. I've never seen someone with a widow's peak. That's all my exposure is to the concept. I think a lot of people that have them cut their hair in ways that you can't really see them. How? They just, like, not push their hair You just, back. like, have to have bangs. Mm. It's really not... Any any white guy could do it. They all have that weird, like, swoop haircut. That's true, and girls could get, like, bang like bangs. Look, Luke, do you have a widow's peak? He doesn't have a widow's peak. Mm-hmm. He did just very dramatically roll his He's eyes. eyes. They did not say this in the Muppet wiki that I read on Count Von Count and the other wiki pages I read on him. But it is possible that he's based on that same idea of Rhythmomania. Mm-hmm. That, like, traditional folklore that they have to count. Um, he started off really weird. And this is why I asked earlier before the podcast if I could show some YouTube clips. But we have, I think we ended pretty ambiguously on... Whether or not we can, depending on if it's copyrighted or not, but I have some clips from Sesame Street of when this guy first showed up on the show. We're gonna we're gonna put the link in our podcast description, so anybody that needs to can. Not needs to. Everybody, watch this. Yes. Fantastic. Um, he first appears on an episode with Burton and Ernie, where he is counting blocks, and they are Ernie's blocks and. Ernie's like, please don't touch my blocks. And he's like, no, I have to count your blocks. So he has a hypnotic power. He just, like, freezes them. And Bert and Ernie can't move. And he counts their blocks. Wow. If anyone is very enthralled by how many blocks were in this episode, I think it was six. (laughs) Sesame Street does, uh... It doesn't go that high up. It's a lot more unhinged than today's Sesame Street. Yeah. (laughs) And then he unfreezes them, and Bert goes, hey. And he was like, sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? And Bert was like, I told you not to touch his blocks. See, so he, like, basically kind of, like, freezes them again and, like, recounts the blocks, but puts them back where they were before. Oh, my God. And I did some comparisons of, like, when the Count debuted versus, like, more recent episodes of the Count. His, in, like, debut laugh was, like, kind of unhinged. And that's the clip I'll play. Ha 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 ha! Ha! What you just heard were the musical stylings of us. Ha <laughs> ha um, That's the Count Dracula, what Amanda just did in that's- 1972 when he premiered. Do it again. Ha 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 ha! And this is the Count from, I think, 2012. Ha! 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 What? That's not what he does. Ha ha! Ha! No, he's more of a like. uh, He's a more. That's no the new count. The new count has a oh, oh he uh, legitimately uh. just did ha ha ha. Um. So this character's been softened over time. He no longer freezes Bert and Ernie when he's trying to count the blocks with them. Oh uh, <laughs> fuck you, Bert! <laughs> <laughs> now he's nicer. He counts smaller numbers. Bert and Ernie are no than, like, longer a normal gay person. couple from Minnesota. Hey. Now they're just a gay couple from wherever. You know, I bet, like, the moose and Brother Bear are based off of Bird and Ernie. I, I, You've never I, seen Brother Bear? I've seen it. I just... You don't remember the moose from Brother Bear after seeing it? I That's am, like a worse crime than not seeing Brother Bear. I'm 24. All right. I probably saw Brother Bear when I was six. So all I'm hearing... Is you have a Disney Plus subscription and you're not rewatching Brother Bear? As I an adult. don't have a Disney Plus subscription. What are you actually. talking about? How did we watch all the Star Wars movies? I have somebody else's Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You have access to a Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> um, some other fun facts to end my story. Um, his favorite song. According to the Muppet Wiki page. I'm trying to be really great about quoting my sources, but I think it's making me seem worse this episode. (laughs) Uh, Bored to add, and count on me, his favorite TV shows are 24 and 60 Minutes. Oh my god. Yes. So that was my story. We started with a Polish cemetery grave in Bajibada. And (laughs) (laughs) we ended on Sesame Street. In 2012, with the Dracula going, ah, 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 ah. No, I'm right. I'm doing a better impression. What? Yes. No! <laughs> 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 All right. Fantastic. On to the next one. On to the next one? Oh, wait, halftime show. Yeah. All right. This is our intermission time. So first, we wanted to talk about how we like actually came up with this concept. Um, do you remember? I do. I do.
1: And it's I- because
0: this is something very dear to my heart. All right. Go for it, then. Um, I'm a dumb bitch. Hi. Just kidding. I have ADHD. And I was recently, like, actually diagnosed with ADHD. So... Woo! <laughs> I wouldn't go that, that. Sensitive feet. You know, I wouldn't go that far. It's really no. not that fun. It's not fun, <laughs> but it is amazing. Yeah. Anyway, the reason why I, like, came up with this concept is because I find that in a lot of conversations, I will, like, jump topic to topic. Things will go in circles. There'll be, like, weird... Yeah. The ways that I get to things is nuts. And my conversations with people can be very disjointed. And I've noticed that with my good friend here, Divya. We can talk... For hours upon hours hours, we never run out of things to say to each other. And it's mostly because we literally will just like jump topics like crazy. And so I always ask myself when we're having these conversations like, huh, how do we get here? Sometimes I'll even try in the middle of a conversation to like trace back to where we began. Um, it That's usually true. doesn't work. No, it doesn't. But it is very fun to attempt. Sometimes I'll lie in bed at night. And it was like, oh, I was going to tell Amanda this one thing. How did I not get to it? But I've talked to her <laughs> for, for like four hours today. Yeah. And it'll be, be because I started this story and we got so sidetracked that I just never finished it. Yeah. And so that's how I came up with this whole concept of like, how do we get here? Because who can follow these conversations? Truly. Really so if we take that train of thought and actually apply it to like stories and stuff maybe we can get some interesting shit this is there she gave me this idea because we were having a conversation she was like do you want to start a podcast and i was like yeah that'd be cool and then two weeks later three weeks later we were at the sawdust art festival and i was looking at art she's like i have an idea for our podcast and then she told me about it and i was like this sounds awesome (laughs) and that's my version of the story yes it's less creative and that's it. I don't think there's a plus side to my side of the story. I mean... But it is you, my side. You agreed. That We're is here true. here now because you I agreed. can recognize great ideas when I see them. You also keep me to a timeline of actually getting shit done. Because if it was up to me, nothing would ever happen. I mostly just do one to two activities in the spurt of things and plan things with you. And then you hold me to the plan. <laughs> I have to also hold myself to the plan. So it's like... Yeah. It doubles. Very, yeah. All right. Well, that's the story. So now we can talk about the most important thing. Um, First. Kill. 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 It sucks. I love it. My Hinge um, profile, one of the prompts, is a green flag is someone who enjoys bad TV. <laughs> and in the three conversations I've had with men this week, they have all asked me well what's your definition of bad tv name a show that you think qualifies as bad tv huh. to me bad tv is something that is artistically maybe not the best but it is so damn entertaining <laughs> and the best show that i could think that fits bad tv is first kill for mm-hmm. sure. so- okay for me, I know we have slightly different definitions. I have a like more analytical version of it, where it's like it has to be bad in all ways for it to truly be bad TV for me, and that means there needs to be like poor direction, poor cinematography, poor acting, poor dialogue. Oh my god, this show, all star, show stopping, all star, amazing, hits absolutely everything. There's this scene that I regularly think about where this one girl is running away Wait, wait, tell her, tell them the premise first and then get to the scene. Damn it. Alright, so, what is the premise? There's vampires, but there's also a lot of other monster things, and there's this one family that's like, legacy vampires. What? Why do you start there? I don't even know where to start. Romeo and Juliet. That's okay. terrible. Um, in this case, Juliet goes by Letty. And she is a vampire. She is a born vampire, not a created vampire. And that matters later on in the story. On and the other side, we Romeo. have Calliope. Romeo is Calliope. Romeo is Calliope. Ask me how they got there. Mm-hmm. No clue. But she is a monster hunter. And it is important to stress the monster hunter. Because as Amanda mentioned... There is all kinds of monsters in this world building. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. There's no reveal or anything about any of this information. They don't even talk about what the fuck legacy vampires actually are. They're just like, you're a legacy vampire. And there's all these monsters and there's non-legacy vampires that just like look like normal vampires. And there's tons of crazy shit that they're just like, here you go, audience. Yep. They, no, there's absolutely no world building. Um, apparently the we found out in like the there's ten episodes or twelve episodes of this thing. We found out at episode like seven. The entire town knows about these monsters. <laughs> like that, they've been keeping it hush hush for like six seven episodes of like oh like we don't want to show the public like keep it quiet about you being a vampire. And then, like, at episode 6, they're like, JK, everyone fucking knows. Like, no, well, okay, so everybody doesn't know that they specifically are vampires. But they know they exist. The, yeah, so the assumption that you have to go on is that in this world, everybody, the entire world, knows monsters are actually real. And they just think that in Savannah, Georgia, of this world, there are currently no Monsters or no, like, they've the chased antires. them out, and like it's been like over a decade since yeah. they've seen the monsters. Yeah. But for a society that knows about monsters, they've done zero monster prep in case these monsters come back. To be fair, it is kind of like the United States responding to monkeypox after COVID. This is fair. <laughs> the world <laughs> building is actually incredibly accurate. <laughs> um. Yes, now we can explain some of our favorite scenes. I'll let Amanda do the one she was (laughs) about to tell you before. Yes, okay. So there is this one scene where this girl is running away from Juliet's... So Calliope is running away from Letty's father.
1: Yeah, and running away from the
0: vampire dad. Yes. Mm -hmm. But straight up, they show her running and she's like casually jogging she's not scared she's not looking back at all she's not like ha, ha, or saying anything or trying to find help or anything like that she is straight up on a jog so much so that letty comes up behind her and is like calling her name and she doesn't even fucking notice it's like if I was going, like, 3.5 on the treadmill, and I was like, oh no, the monsters are getting me. What will I do? Oh, it was so ridiculous. She had great running form, though. She, uh, she had... I don't know if it was great running form, but it was just stiff running form. <laughs> she That's like, if I made, like, an animatronic person running, and I had to, like... Code every individual limb myself.
1: (laughs) That's how I would do it.
0: Alright, alright, your turn. Okay, I mean, obviously, you know what scene I'm going to talk about. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. So, in the pilot episode, um, the way they started off is like the first episode is told all from the vampire girl, Letty's perspective. And she's like got a major crush on Calliope, just from like the moment she meets her. And they are at this party. For some reason, like, the vibes are good. For what reason? I don't know. I don't understand how these people know that they both, like, already like each other. Um, They, like, go to this kitchen. And uh, what's that song that plays? Oh, my God. Um, Sleepover by... What's her name? Luke, you tell me. Luke doesn't know. know? It's Slumber Party. Yeah, it's Slumber Party by that one artist that we both like. I mean she has some songs she, well yeah well we like her it's Ash nico yeah it's Ash nico slumber party but Ashniko nico is playing and uh, what is ha- what happens i don't remember the conversation before this well they're playing spin the bottle oh right you're yeah. right they're playing spin the bottle uh letty spins the bottle her gay best friend just stops the bottle points it towards Goliath. And, uh, like, nobody's like, oh, that's not fair. That's not how you play the game. No one's worried about that. Letty, I mean, Calliope's just like, okay. And then they go to this random pantry to kiss. <laughs> and Calliope kisses her. Letty steps back, goes, sorry, <laughs> I'm socially awkward. Oh, my God. The, the timing, everything about it is just so off. At the same time, like... Summer party by Ashni goes playing, and the exact moment when their lips touch, it's like hentai movies. Is the word <laughs> <lyric. laughs> I just think that's top tier cinema to me. <laughs> that is lesbian cinema, it's how it should be done. Um, yeah, for weeks after, literally weeks after me amanda and luke would just randomly be doing something and go i'm socially awkward sorry i'm socially awkward huh i love letty though she grows on you as the show goes on no i still hate her no i hate calliope calliope her... i hate them all they're all terrible no we like one person in the show yeah, I actually, my favorite character was Letty's older brother yeah, Oliver. Yeah. And then it turns out that he's in some crazy ass shit himself. I was like, damn, son, you got away. You're kind of normal. Nope. 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 If they give that show a season two. I, oh. They have to. I don't think they will. They have to. I mean, it was Netflix Top 10 for a while. Yeah. They I could. think they should. They absolutely should. Yeah. Alright, so that was your blurb That is our Unfortunately, again, not sponsored by Netflix um, But We will say you should watch this show Yeah, please do It is worth it Maybe don't spend 12 hours of your life doing it Maybe maybe make sure that you have like Lots of things to drink Around you, and you do it with a couple of friends yeah, That don't are happy to yell At the TV While things are happening mm-hmm. Yeah, that's required all right, it's my turn. It is your turn. Am I getting into it? The halftime show is ended. Oh Yonsei has exited the stage. It's time for Amanda. Oh my goodness! Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, I'm gonna start acting normal now. Um, so I up top just want to say that my sources for today are from National Geographic, um, the Smithsonian Institute Magazine the University of Tennessee, and PBS. (laughs) And Divya is laughing like a fucking crazy person. Uh, You mean you didn't use Meet the Slobs? not a single one of my sources is as as (laughs) I'm I'm so bad at using the internet. I am the number one. I would fall for any kind of fake news. Meet the Slobs. You have a fucking master's degree. Yeah, and I don't think I deserve it. i read so many research papers that I'm just like, all right, where are my sources at? Let's do this. Are we reading some fucking studies today? Let's go! Yeah, I don't think I know how to use the internet. Oh my god. <laughs> um, also, as like a little bit of a fun fact, if anybody listens to the podcast Lore, I I don't know if I like it. I fall asleep to it sometimes. It's kind of actually really terrifying um but what i'm going to talk about today was inspired by i think like the first ever episode of lore so yeah Hmm. but i am going to start off by telling you about atlantis or more likely because most people are familiar with the myth of atlantis i'm gonna just like very quickly be like here is a quick summary of what's going on. All right, hit me with it. Cool. So I want you do like wrap it. Speed wrap it. Here's a story <laughs> <laughs> about how my life got. I don't even know the opener for Prince of Bel Air. Here's a story from A.C. You want to get with me? No, that's different. That's not. No, it's not. It's no. Nice girls. <laughs> yeah. That's a game it. <laughs> okay. Time called Bel Air. Now it's your turn. perfection um so the original story of Atlantis was written down by Plato in around 13 no Jesus 360 BC people existed back then what a terrifying concept like, what the world could be a simulation all of history could just be a movie stop not today not today Wait, not today later. Alright. I don't hold it. But like, do you ever think about the fact that people existed that long ago, but it wasn't actually that long ago, so on the scale of like, evolutionary terms, those people had just as much capacity to think and do shit as we do today. I mean, that's relatively true, right? But like, different human species definitely didn't have the same capacity to think. It depends on how far back you go. Okay, okay. Different species, sure. But I'm talking about, what, less than 3,000 years ago? Is that really less than 3,000 years ago? 360 BC? Wow. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. So you're with me on this? I'm with you. Yeah. All right. So the myth of Atlantis generally goes that Atlantis was populated by, like, these half god half human dudes that lived in this great utopian society and had amazing technology and lots of resources they had like this great navy and all of this shit that goes with it you know Mm -hmm. um and then they became greedy petty and corrupt so the gods were like broskies y'all need to chill But then instead of subtly telling them to chill, they set their fucking island on fire, sent a bunch of earthquakes, and caused them to sink to the bottom of the sea. That's just how the Greek gods be. No chill. Absolutely none. none. My god. It really makes me wonder. About? If they're real at all, or if it's all just the way humans think 3,000 years ago being like... Well, fuck, there was an earthquake. We pissed off someone. That's how I would think. You would If we had an earthquake right now, you'd be like, fuck, I pissed off someone. No, no, not right now, because right now I understand what What an earthquake is. Yeah. But if you didn't understand what an earthquake was, you'd probably be like, oh, fuck. We pissed off someone. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I think I would imagine someone shaking the earth a little bit. In their hands. Yeah. Well, there um, you go. So that's the concept of God. Um, we disproved religion. Hello. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, everyone. I'm so sorry. You're listening to this. Why? <laughs> Why does that an <sudden> apology <laughs> in the middle of the podcast? No, she's not sorry. It's my she's personal us her story. My personal daily affirmation is: I'm so sorry that you have to deal with the fact that I exist. Um, that's not an affirmation. You're right. You're ruining affirmations. Thank you. Anyway, Is affirmation a Christian concept.
1: Like what? I feel like
0: it's like affirmation sixteen twenty four tells us. Am I being wrong about affirmation that? affirmation sixteen twenty? No, that's why do I always see like Christian girlies journaling in their notebooks being like affirmation. Today? I think that's just white people. Okay, no, that's fair. <laughs> Every day, I learn a little bit more of the culture that I've been living in since <laughs> I was two years old i think there's i think most people white, most white people are like not very religious at least in the u.s these days i mean Maybe probably not. in like california that's true yeah I think well anywhere, anywhere you are, get too rural though is like true but i think there's also yeah i think any metro- metropolitan city you're gonna get non-believers yeah so anyway mm. um we all know atlantis is not a real story Yes. Right? Yeah. Or the um, Greek gods are real. But yes. Depending depending on who what historian you're listening to, although not really. This is this is one hundred percent true. It's an allegory that um Plato was using to describe like potential failings of human society. And hubris, and, right? Huh? And hubris is a concept? Yeah. Okay. And it's also a way to like talk about the horrors of the world that the Greeks were experiencing. Like you know, for wildfires were a regular experience for them, so were earthquakes. Mm -hmm. They were dealing with this constantly. It was a way to talk about it in a way that made sense for them at the time. However, there are historians that now believe that there are not real Atlanteans, obviously, but that the Minoans that existed 5,000 years ago and were Europe's first large civilization are actually what kind of started this myth of Atlantis. And it was kind of something that got passed down. And at some point Plato was like, this is a great thing for me to base this story on. Mm. Right. So let's talk real quick about the Minoans. Um, They basically, like they existed at the same time as the Egyptians. And in technology, they directly rivaled the Egyptians. They had lots of water technology. They did, and I think this is really interesting because one of the important things about Atlantis is that they had a great naval operation, like military setup. Um, and the Minoans were also very well known for their like advanced sea travel. How advanced are we talking? I mean, this is 5,000 years ago. so like cool sails. They got They got some cool sails. they got some big boats. They were run really big in, like, the transportation. Okay. Across water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the transportation... They'd moved a lot of goods. hmm Yeah. They had a lot of port cities and stuff, too. hmm Now, around 1600 BC, so a little over a thousand years before Plato existed, mm-hmm. the Minoans essentially disappeared. They were, like, practically wiped off of the historical record, and I think that's a big reason why... You know, we hear about the Egyptians. Who the fuck are the Minoans? Mm, right, yeah. So they essentially are wiped off the face of the earth. Um, and the reason why that historians have like identified today, and this is true, is that their most proper, prosperous city was on the island of Santorini, which has a giant ass volcano called Thera. Mm. Um, and this wasn't of course all of their population they pretty much like lived in the area of modern Greece um but when Thera erupted it basically destroyed their like core part of their civilization and then it also caused a giant tsunami Aww. that destroyed a bunch of the rest of the Minoan seaports on other islands and like on mainland portions of modern you know Brief? north africa oh. and turkey and never mind i did not know where we were are yeah geographically that's okay okay but yeah so that like pretty much wiped out their entire population um you know whoever was left obviously you, they weren't a society anymore wait, wait wait do volcanoes naturally cause tsunamis normally No. This was a really big eruption. It was big enough that... It's like shaking the earth and upsetting the tectonic layers to cause a tsunami. Well, kind of. So volcanoes, if they erupt with, like, enough power, they'll always register on a, like, seismograph. Is that what it's called? For earthquakes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But if it's a big enough eruption, which this was an enormous eruption, Mm -hmm. it will register as, like an earthquake even though it's not a real earthquake as in the plates aren't slipping across Mm. each other it's just so much force that yeah it does the same thing okay so in that it was able to trigger a tsunami Mm, okay okay yeah all right yeah so how this connects back to atlantis is that i think there are some similarities here you know um yeah big fires maybe caused by volcanoes, destroy entire island, then tsunamis that sink, quote-unquote, the population, right? Well, I mean, if you're thinking about which Greek gods they test off, that sounds like Poseidon and Phaestus. Because Phaestus lives at the bottom of a volcano. Sure. I don't know enough about the myths to tell you what gods were involved. But what do you mean you didn't read Percy Jackson? I did read Percy Jackson. I don't know enough about Atlantis. That's fair. <laughs> um... But yeah, so this happened, like I said, over a thousand years before Plato existed. Mm-hmm. So who knows what story actually existed by the time he was around. Mm-hmm. You know, I can very easily see a scenario where you start with, hey, did you hear what happened to those people that we used to trade with all the time? And then, you know, turn into like, maybe the gods were mad at them because they did some... Gross trades and stuff, and they were marking up shit because they had Monopoly or some crazy thing like that. You think that's the thing the gods would go after them for? I bet it was something related to fucking. You're like the Minoans, they like to fuck goats. This is what. The gods got mad at them. Yeah, but there's no gods actually involved here. This is what other people are saying to each other yeah i so mean they could other be people like, talk shit yeah you think they would talk shit about marking up prices they would definitely talk about sex um i absolutely think that if somebody was like oh the minoans didn't show up with their delivery this week maybe they're dead because they were dicks maybe they're dead because they fucked my wife and i'm not happy about it I that mean, is a much more right. likely scenario in my head you so anyway, maybe it started there. And then I love over only thousand- making eye contact with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the viewer's experience, we have two pillows set up between me and Amanda, and then like the mics are on the opposite side for soundproofing. <laughs> so every now and then I strain my posture and I see only her eyes. Yes, it's very cute. Alright, sorry, continue <laughs> with your story before I took you on the long segue about fucking... <laughs> So anyway, it could start off with something, you know, like they fucked too much or they fucked my wife and then turn into a thousand years later, come to me, grandpa's going to tell you the story of Atlantis and how these fuckers that fucked my wife died. <laughs> no, they were, they were morally th- corrupt and they fucked your great, 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 great. And you know what? Grandmother! Serious? She liked it! She did. She loved it. She left. She went to Santorini. And then guess she what went happened? She <laughs> <Fuck>. uh. <laughs> Um, Fuck.
1: God, <laughs> so this anyway. poor
0: woman that we've just slut-shamed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even exist. I feel bad about slut-shaming metaphorical women. Alright, continue. God, Divya, you're such a whore. Um... <laughs> so in my brain that's how like all myths and legends and lores kind of come about to explain things that we can't explain uh so now i'm going to take you to eastern europe so this is a story that's from modern croatia and i don't know exactly when it took place i like tried to figure that out but nobody really knows it's just kind of an ancient fable that exists um but you know, it it was a long time ago because the concept of vampires didn't even exist yet. Um. So it starts with this seventy-eight-year-old dude named Yura, who died. There was oh my nothing god! In. His story ended so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just the beginning. Oh my god! Is he about to become sexy? At the end. No. Damn it. Why do you want to fuck a vampire? Because I watch too many vampire movies. While Stop. Coming kind of age. Vampires aren't cute. They're gonna eat you. And that's what's so sexy. You does wanna... he love me, <laughs> or does he love my blood? Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> you're He's dead. My hinge profile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. This guy dies. He's dead. No, he died of natural causes. There's nothing suspicious. He's just—he's an old dude. Died. Uh, um, he gets buried. They don't do anything special for his burial. He's just No sick in the ground. The no, so- well, that didn't exist yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And these people aren't. They're clinic. about to learn their fucking lesson, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Damn straight. Okay. Um. So his death was followed by an abnormal number of other deaths in the area, and it was just kind of like. Drop dead esque deaths. Okay. All right. So, all of these people, these families that have had relatives pass away, are in mourning, and they're trying to find a reason why their family members just kind of died. They come together. Yeah, of course. They Mm -hmm. come together, and they're telling like stories about what happened, and it turns out that everyone who died recently. heard a knock on their door at midnight the night before. I read this. Yeah? I did, just a little bit, though. Okay. I read it on Meet the Slavs, so we do <laughs> it <laughs> um, So this continues for a really long time. This continues for 16 years. And then Euro one day comes to his widow in a dream, and she is like... And then they fuck. Wow. No. No. She's like, you're not cute. What the fuck is this? No, my sexy he, vampire husband. He shows up and is a rotting corpse. Oh, and she's like, he smelled like shit. Yeah, she it. didn't say that, <laughs> but she did say he smelled bad and he was a literal rotting corpse. Um, and then after that, after she had that experience, their local priest literally sees him, jay chilling in the street at night, and he's like, ah you, and tries to, like, get him with a wooden stake, but it, it doesn't work. Um So they're like, oh, fuck, this guy, he's around for whatever reason. We'll, we got to figure out what's going on with him. Let's go dig him up. Mm-hmm. So they go and they dig him up. He looks fine for being dead for 16 years, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not cute, obviously, but they're like, he still has his face, and they're like, he was smiling. Oh, creepy. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of t- horrifying. So they stab him again with a wooden stake, and this time they're actually like successful and able to stab him. Mm-hmm. And according to the lore, he still had blood. Like, think about that. He's been dead for 16 his years. His corpse isn't desiccated at all. And, and his corpse is there, and it has fluids in it. I, anyway. All right. Um, and then they cut his head off for good measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, nothing else happens. He's dead, gone. But these strategies remain, and in the town themselves, they call him a strigoy. Mm, okay, I've heard this term before. Yeah, and at the time, it was meant to be, like, for a sorcerer. Okay. So, so they they didn't know there was no existence of like vampires yet. He mm-hmm. was a strigoi, and from that point forward, his story spreads. Now it's important to note that just like the Atlantis myth and the whole gods punishing these people for whatever the hell, people don't, people still don't understand decomposition, like studies into human decomposition have only recently really taken off and I actually read this really interesting master's thesis from Angela de tartis from the University of Tennessee who her thesis was about the effect of various coverings on the rate of human decomposition It's very interesting but it kind of covered a bunch of things that you know we should, we should know talking about this topic. Um, and first off, wow! First thing, what is decomposition? It's the process of human of well anything decaying or rotting, and it's a combination of bacterial and chemical reactions that break things down to their core organic and inorganic compounds. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Sorry, I'm a nerd. Um, you just explained decomposition in an elementary school way. I, I did. Think you are fine. Thank you. Yes, it was easy enough for an elementary school kid to learn. Wonderful. But I was also a very smart elementary school kid, so. Takes Dabs. this moment to talk about how she was a gifted child. I am always self promoting. Fuck. Always. <laughs> Follow me on um, Instagram. So basically the outcomes of her master study, there were a few things that we already knew, such as temperature effects, um, decomposition rate, as in the colder it is, the less decomp that it's experienced. And that's because, you know, your chemical and bacterial reactions aren't able to happen. Your bacteria slow down and your chemical reactions need energy. Nothing's happening moisture humidity will increase the rate of decomposition um and i think that's also like we know bacteria likes warm moist areas so that makes sense uh body fat this is just like in sheer mass (laughs) the more fat you have the longer it takes for you to fully decompose what i'm hearing is that i'm about to hit back the twinkies right before i die (laughs) What I'm hearing is, I'm going to exist until the next millennia. Um, And then oxygen content, which I thought was super interesting, also will affect decomp, where increased oxygen will also increase decomp because bacteria thrive when they can perform aerobic activities. Um, And aerobic is just... Like the respirations? Like aerobic respiration. Well, yeah, but it's, it's when you are breaking down something with oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then the way that people are buried will also very much affect what happens to them. So if you're buried in something that can aerate and you're buried in a dry or cold environment, then there's a higher chance that you'll experience mummification. So especially in the time that, like, our dude Yura existed, they would bury people in wooden coffins or maybe just cotton shrouds. And those are two things that will give you the highest chance of experiencing mummification. Okay. In conclusion, there's a lot more reasons than Yura's coming back and trying to kill people for why his body didn't decompose in a normal way. But the knocks, Amanda, the knocks, people hear the craziest shit. If someone knocked on my door and then someone I knew died.
1: I mean I'd shit like myself
0: a bunch of times. I would definitely shit myself, but I don't know. The, there's other things going on. All right. okay. So now we're gonna talk about my favorite place, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yes. Um, So we're fast forwarding to 1892 in Rhode Island to talk about Mercy Lena Brown. Mercy? Yeah. Okay. Mercy Lena Brown. That is her name. Uh, She goes by Lena. So for the rest of the story, I will be referring to her as Lena. Now, she and her family were from a farming community that is called, um, oh my God. Exeter, so sorry. I I do not know all the farming communities in Rhode Island. I do know all the farming communities in Rhode Island. My brain just had a brain fart. Oh, I was just making fun of you. I didn't know you actually (laughs) knew all of them. That's insane. You can drive across the entire place in like an hour, Divya. You are overestimating how much memory storage I have. Yikes. Um... So anyway, for anybody that's not from the Rhode Island or Massachusetts area, the soil sucks. The fact that anybody farms in these places is honestly delusional to me. Um, It's all rocky and sandy. So they didn't do great. And since this was 1892, the population of Exeter had kind of been devastated by Men getting killed in the Civil War. Not great. And then later on, a lot of people heading west for better lives because it's hard living. Everybody wants, you know, the American dream or whatever. Crap. Manifest yeah. destiny. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm fucking with the sound. My bad. So, next thing we have to talk about. Is that this area was having a huge problem with tuberculosis, or what was then known as conception, uh, which is a bacterial disease that literally causes people to look like they are wasting away and like turning into skeleton people. Aww. yeah, it's, it's not a cute look. TB is also the thing where like people will cough up blood, and yeah. It's not cute. No, you should let you only go in one way, not the other. That's true. Um, and at this point, because it's a bacterial disease, there's no treatment for TB. And very little is actually known about it except for the actual symptoms of the disease. Okay. So, Lena's family starts getting sick in 1882. This is 10 years before this story actually happens. Lena's mom, Eliza, got sick and passed away. Well, she got sick in 1882 and passed away one year later. And then her sister, Mary, follows. After Mm -hmm. that, a few years later, her brother, Edwin, also gets sick. He's like an adult at this point. And his father's like, why don't you peace and go west to Colorado? Because people in Colorado, for whatever reason maybe the dryness, tend to do better with T B out there. So how is like, he supposed to get when he's like very, very sick in a wagon all the way to Colorado? Hey man, he does it. Damn. Yeah. People people were built different back then. So Edwin's in Colorado. Lena gets sick in 1892 and passes away very, very shortly after. Edwin at this point has come back and he at this point has had TB for like seven years. I mean, it goes away at some point, right? Like he had it no. gone. T B never goes away. It's a bacterial infection. Yeah, if I you have the active infection, you have it until you die. Like antibiotics don't get rid of it. Oh. There, there are, are no antibiotics. antibiotics. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, so he comes back shortly before lana passes uh and then she dies in january of 1892 and edwin is still in the area he's not doing great so superstition begins to spread around the family like about the family in the neighborhood and stuff and there's literally less than a thousand people in this town so shit spreads okay everybody thinks the family's cursed And they go to Lena's father and are like, listen, we got to look at these bodies. Something is fucking with your family and we're not going to let it fuck with us. Okay, so they exhume all the bodies. So they exhume the bodies of Eliza, Mary, and Lena. Mm -hmm. Eliza and Mary are dead and very much decomposing. Keep Mm -hmm. in mind, they've had, you know, eight and nine years to decompose. So it makes sense. That they are going through the normal decamp process. Mm -hmm. Lena, on the other hand, died recently and in January. So her body is essentially frozen. She's not going through the decamp process at all. Oh, okay. Clearly, this means Lena is cursed. Lena's trying to fuck. No, No. No, Lena's trying to kill her family all right Seems so exciting what they did mm, be prepared this is how this is how people used to deal with vampires they made a lovely little cocktail out of her heart and liver and gave it to edwin to drink oh oh guess what happens what he dies he dies of tb not immediately, like a few months later, but he dies still. Uh huh. He was on his last limb. And Mercy Lena Brown goes down in history as America's first vampire. Oh, poor baby. And this began the great American vampire something like Like a whole movement? Yeah. After this people went nuts. As they often do. In America. Yes. So, there you go. Remind me again, what's the connection between the Atlantis and the first vampire? And Atlantis is just a myth. So I wanted to talk about myths to start off with. Uh, okay, okay. And then we got into the development of the vampire myth by talking about Yura. Hmm. And then I talked about Decomp. To be like, this is what actually was going on. And then, yeah. Wonderful. Mercy, Lena Brown. I learned so much. I'm a nerd. Nerd, 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 nerd. nerd <laughs> I hope that nerd, was fun nerd. for you people out there. If you want, I <laughs> have pictures of dead bodies going through DCOP different No, ways. we're not <laughs> attaching those in the show notes. You may Google them if you want. You wanted, I will not support it. You want to see them? No, I don't, actually. I would like to sleep at night. Yeah, it's pretty I... fucking nasty. At first I thought they were using pigs. They were using actual human bodies. Cool. It cool. didn't look cute. It wasn't a cute look. No, it doesn't sound like it would be. No. Um, alright. So, so we've covered two stories <laughs> on vampires. One is family friendly. <laughs> The other sadly is about vampires, but they don't fuck. I'm kinda sad we didn't talk about vampires who do fuck. I see, I was leaving that to you. I know. I really should have brought my game. Yeah. Maybe Calvin Count does fuck. We just don't know about it. It happens off screen. I mean he fucks himself if you Yes. If you listen to that one <laughs> song. He fucks everything in that one song, actually. I We'll attach okay. in the show notes, people. Get, <laughs> fucking getting faster. <laughs> um, um, cool. So, Lewis, what's our topic for next week? Next week, uh, the topic is. Or next episode, not next week. We can't guarantee that. City state. City state. Yes. <laughs> can you use it in a sentence no that's what he uh, that's what he does next week like monaco <laughs> is a city state monaco is a city state it's one city that is a country it's like the Yo, vatican i'm fucked on this topic no i think this is a fantastic topic All right. it's one that we don't know that much about for those viewers who would like to watch shows where vampires do fuck i have a top three recommendation oh um uh, one Obviously, The Vampire Diaries. If you haven't seen it, I think you missed the entire vampire movement of the early 2010s. Um, Two, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 90s to early 2000s. Fucking fantastic. I want a more recent pick from Sci-Fi Network, which is a little bit more interesting. involved involves rodeos. Amanda, if you play footsie with me right now, I will murder you. (laughs) And that one is called Winona Earp. And that one's got a little bit of an interesting background. She still fucks, but not as much as Vampire Diaries, obviously. Thank you for those vampire show recommendations. It just wouldn't feel true to my character if I didn't leave everyone with that. <laughs> Your character, my char- you, as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Man, it's well, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be here again, hopefully, in like two weeks. I don't. I don't see why not. Can I do the sign off? You want to do the sign-off? See you do the opening this time. Okay. All right. As she said, we'll be here in two weeks. And we want you to remember to always ask yourselves, how did we get here? Thank you.